Hello again everyone and welcome back to The InDesigner, the video cast that provides information, instruction, and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host Michael Murphy, graphic designer and Adobe certified expert in InDesign CS2. It's been a long time since the last episode and I apologize for the delay. I've been working on a 500 page magazine that took up the entire month of January and overshadowed all other priorities. But I'm finally catching up and back with the latest installment of the long document series. This is episode 36, Indexing. I'd like to tell you that indexing isn't as tedious as it sounds. I really would. But I'm not going to lie to you. Indexing is, or should be, a detailed, thorough, and meticulous process of categorizing all of the content of your book into an organized set of references to specific information. My first piece of advice for designers creating indexes is work with an editor to at least plan and organize your index, or at best, to work with you through the whole process. And one more piece of advice. Save the indexing process until the very end of your book project. If you start indexing any earlier than that, you're just creating more work for yourself if large-scale changes to your book continue to be made. Now that we've established when to start indexing and who you should have helping you, it's time to get started thinking about your book. Which words, phrases, or names in your book get indexed? Which ones don't? What will people be looking for, and how will they expect to find it? All of this has nothing to do with InDesign. It has to do with combing through the content of your book and making these decisions. I think that most InDesign users believe deep in their hearts that there's an easy way to do it, and that they just haven't figured it out. Well, that's just not the case. There is no easy way to do an index because indexing a book requires two things that InDesign cannot do. One, InDesign can't understand the content of your book and the relative importance of the text in it. And two, InDesign can't make judgment calls about how to categorize information and which instances to index. That all falls on you. InDesign will do what you tell it to, but you have to tell it everything. So, how exactly do indexes work? Indexes in InDesign are broken down into two basic elements, topics and references. The index palette, which is where you build your index, has two modes. The first is topic mode, which has its own set of options available from both the palette buttons and palette menu. Topics are simply words or phrases taken from or related to the text in your book. The other half of the equation is reference mode. This is where references are made to the pages in your book where information about these topics can be found. What these references are tracking for you is the presence of index markers in your text. That's this odd-looking symbol you see here and here when viewing a document that has been indexed and has show hidden characters turned on. Using the index palette, it's up to you to add or delete these markers. Oh, and it's also up to you to pick the topics themselves and add them to your index. Basically, the thing to remember about indexes is, it's all up to you. Let's start with the basic steps for setting up an index. I'm going to start my index by adding topics. Now, you don't have to add topics to an index. You can just go ahead and start adding references if you want. But a comprehensive topic list is a good starting point, rather than going in and adding page references without a real plan. We're working again with my book from the last three episodes, and to start my index, I need to have all of the documents in my book open. 
I'll select them in the book palette, then double-click on any of them to open up all of the chapter files. As I'm working with my index, I need all of these documents open so that I can perform my indexing operations across the whole book, rather than just individual documents. The index palette only displays references for open documents, even if you have book checked in the palette. I'll open the index palette by going to the window menu and selecting Type and Tables Index, or just use the keyboard shortcut Shift F8. The palette opens in topic mode, and I have book checked since I'm working with an InDesign book. I can start manually adding topics right away. I could select some text in one of my documents, like the word Photoshop here, and either select New Topic from the palette menu, click the New Topic button at the bottom of the palette, or use the keyboard shortcut Command-U, that's Control-U on the PC, to create a new topic for Photoshop. In this case, I'm going to choose New Topic from the Palette menu, and in the New Topic dialog, you can see that Photoshop is automatically added to the Level 1 Topic field. If I click Add, you'll see Photoshop added under P in the Topic Preview area below, as well as in the Index palette behind this dialog box. To exit the dialog, I just click Done. I can pick any amount of words in my text that I want to be my topics. If I want a topic in my book to be about transparency, I can just select the word on this page and choose New Topic from the Palette menu. The word Transparency automatically gets added in the Level 1 Topic field, and when I click Add, it's shown in both this preview pane and in the Index palette. I'll click Done, and now we have two topics, Photoshop and Transparency. Remember, we're indexing a book, so imagine this process repeated over and over for every topic that will appear in your index, and you'll get an idea of what a manual process this is. However, there is a way to speed up this part of it. It still involves going through your book in advance to make your index topic decisions, but there's a way to add all of your topics at once. I've typed up a list of all my topics in a separate text file, just one per line, one after another, as I went through my book and picked out important topics. There are 95 topics in this list, and I don't want to add them manually to the topics in my index. Unfortunately, I can't just import this text file as a topic list, but I can cheat. I'm going to make myself a little room here so I can see the pasteboard of one of my chapter documents, and I'm going to place that text file in this document, just off to the side here where it won't interfere with anything on my pages. Since all of these terms don't fit in this frame, I'll make it a three-column frame just so we can see the whole list. Now what I want to do is select all of the text in this list and use a keyboard shortcut, Shift-Command-Option-Open-Bracket, that would be shift Control alt open bracket on the PC, to add every one of these terms to my topic list at once. Notice all these little triangles in the index palette now. If I click and open them up, you can see the topics from my list under their appropriate letter of the alphabet. Notice that in reference mode, you see these new references all here too, and that they have a page reference of PB, meaning pasteboard. If I were to generate this index now, none of these would actually show up in it, because pasteboard references are stripped out of the final index. In addition to PB for entries on the pasteboard, here are some other entries you might see and what they mean in your index. HL refers to entries found on a hidden layer. When you generate your index, you'll have the option to include or not include these entries. 
PN refers to entries found in overset text. In your final index, these will appear without page numbers. And master refers to entries found on master pages. Like pasteboard entries, these will not appear in the generated index. But I'm not adding references just yet, and I don't actually want these references in here. I only want topics for now, so I'll just delete this entire frame of placed text, and notice that all of these pasteboard references are now gone. That's because when the text was deleted, the index markers contained within it were deleted as well. However, if we switch back to topic mode, all of these topics are still here. Adding a reference automatically makes a topic, but deleting that reference does not delete the topic. So that little keyboard shortcut for adding all of those references that I didn't want actually added all of the topics that I did want. This is one of the very few time savers available to you when working with indexes. We'll talk more about topics as we go, but for now let's start setting up some page references in this index. The first thing I'll do is switch the palette to reference mode by clicking the reference button at the top of the palette. If I toggle back and forth between reference and topic mode, you'll notice that they really don't look any different at this point. That's because I haven't added any references yet, so there are no index markers out in my documents. I'm going to scroll down to pick an existing topic, the topic Excel here under E, because I mentioned Microsoft Excel in several places in the book. I'm going to use Find Change to locate an instance of Excel anywhere in any of my book documents, and I need to be specific here by checking the Case Sensitive option in the Find Change dialog box. And I'm not just doing this because index entries are case sensitive, which they are. I'm doing it because I don't want to find the verb Excel. I want to find the product name for the software Excel, which starts with an uppercase E. This is a good example of the kind of specificity and decision making that's involved throughout the indexing process. I also want to be sure to search all documents, meaning all open documents, so InDesign will look in all of my book chapters. I'll click Find Next, and here it's found one on page 4 of chapter 1. With this instance of Excel selected, I could either click the Create a New Index Entry button at the bottom of the palette, or choose New Page Reference from the Palette menu. But instead, I'll use the keyboard shortcut Command-U. That opens up the New Page Reference dialog, which already has this selected text, Excel, in the Level 1 topic field. That's going to be the text for my entry. Now it's time to decide what type of reference this will be from the list of options in the Type pull-down menu. Let's talk for a minute about these options. The options in this group, each of which start with the word to, are kind of self-explanatory, but what they really mean is that the page reference will span from the currently selected text to whatever it says here, to the next style change, or next use of the current style, or to the end of story, document, or section. So for instance, if I chose to end of document, my page reference would appear as 4-6, since the current page is 4 and my document goes to page 6. But here's the thing you need to know. That doesn't mean that the word Excel appears on any of those other pages. It might, but InDesign isn't looking to find all instances of the word from here to the end of the document. It's just doing what you tell it, which is mark this index entry as spanning from here to the end of the document, or story, or section, whichever you choose. It's up to you to know if that's appropriate for this reference. 
So if you have subheadings within your chapter that use a different paragraph style and you know that this term only appears until the next subheading where maybe you move on to different subject matter in your book, you could choose to next style change. That way InDesign will stop the page range wherever it finds your next subheading. The next pair for next number of paragraphs and for next number of pages makes very little sense to me. Not because I don't understand it, but because it relies on you to determine how many pages or paragraphs the reference should span. This seems counterintuitive to me. What if somebody adds a paragraph return in the middle of one of those paragraphs, or adds or deletes paragraphs in that section of the book? That would throw off the specific number that you put in. If you followed my initial advice and saved indexing until the end of your book project, maybe this isn't as potentially dangerous as it seems, but if someone out there knows why and how this could be useful, by all means post a comment on the blog about it. As for this group, all of which start with the word C, those are options specific to cross-references, and we're going to be covering that shortly, so we'll get into what those mean at that point. For this entry, I'm going to start with the simplest option, which is current page. Now, if I just click Add, current page means right here and nowhere else, this instance of the word on this page of this document. However, if I click Add All, it adds individual page references for every page in every file where Excel is found. That's what I'm going to choose here. InDesign will process my whole book to create references, and I can just click Done. There are a lot of new references in here now, and you may notice that they're not all in page order. That's nothing to worry about. When InDesign generates your index, it will present page numbers in the proper order, regardless of what you see here in the palette. But if you just can't stand things being out of order, you can click the Update Preview button at the bottom of the palette. InDesign will perform the update, and for some reason it annoyingly closes all of these expanded items. That really bugs me. But I'll just open up the letter E and the Excel entry, and now you can see that all of my page numbers are sequenced properly. Here on my page, you can see the index marker for this reference. And if I do another fine change through my book for the word Excel, the first one it finds is in chapter 6 of my book, and there's a marker on this one. And there is a marker everywhere else that that word appears in my book. If text reflows and one of these marked words moves to another page, the marker will stay with it and keep the index up to date as to what page it's on. Likewise, if the marker for any one of these instances is deleted, the page reference for that occurrence is also deleted from the index. Now let's move on to cross-references. To create a cross-reference, I must first make sure that there is no text at all selected in my document. From the Index Palette menu, I'll choose New Cross-Reference, which is the choice you get when nothing is selected. That opens up the New Cross-Reference dialog box. This time around, nothing is filled in in the Level 1 Topic field because no text was selected. I could just type in a new reference here, but instead I'm going to scroll down through my existing topics, expand the letter M, and select Microsoft Excel. I have to assume that someone going through my index might look under Microsoft Excel first instead of just Excel, which is how I set up my references. To account for that, I'll add a cross-reference from Microsoft Excel to Excel. If I just double-click Microsoft Excel on the list, it fills in the Level 1 Topic field. Then, under the letter E, I'll select Excel and just drag it into the Referenced field. 
This is a good example of how having the topic list already set up helps out. I can create these cross-references much more quickly and accurately this way instead of typing in the topics and references manually. And for the type of reference this is, I'm going to choose C, but we'll get into these other choices momentarily. Then I just click Add and Done. And down here in my palette, you can see the C Excel reference added for Microsoft Excel. If I now double click that reference, or any reference in the index palette for that matter, I'm brought back to the appropriate dialog box where I can make changes. For instance, I might want to change the type of C reference being used here to one of the other options. Speaking of C options, what do all of these mean? C also, with also in brackets, automatically puts in C for entries that do not have page references, or C also for entries that do. This is a good way to save you from having to make that distinction yourself each time. Specifically choosing C or C also will put those references in exactly that way. And C herein and C also herein are appropriate when your cross-reference is to an entry that's within your current entry. The last of these cross-reference options is Custom Cross-Reference, which allows you to put in your own text for the lead-in to the cross-reference. If you choose Custom Cross-Reference, a field is added into which you can type whatever you want to appear before the referenced entry. But I'm sticking with my basic C, so I'll just click Cancel. Let me point out a couple of other options available as you set up your index. Switching for a moment back to topic mode, I'll go down to the letter F and I have a topic here called flattening. I know I have a section of my book that deals with flattening in chapter 10, so I'm going to bring chapter 10 to the foreground, bring up the fine change dialog, and look for the phrase flattener preview. It's found here, and I want to add a reference to it, but Flattener Preview is a pretty specific feature under the broader topic of flattening. So when I make a new page reference to this, I want it to be within that topic. In the dialog, Flattener Preview is in the Level 1 Topic field. If I go and click this down arrow here, I can move it down a level, and now the Level 1 Topic is blank. So I will go down to the list below and choose the topic Flattening, double-clicking it to make it the Level 1 topic and Flattener Preview the Level 2. Then I'll click Add and Done, and that hierarchy of topic levels is reflected in the Index palette with Flattener Preview nested under Flattening. Finally, I'll double-click the Page 75 reference and change the reference type from Current Page to to End of Document. I'll click OK, and now I have a page range instead of individual page references. That's another approach that you'll want to take as you add common terms to your index that span several pages. And one more organizational option you'll have with indexes is to customize how something is sorted. I'll go back to topic mode, scroll down the list to T, and double click on the phrase text wrap. This is sorted under the letter T now because that's what it starts with, but suppose I wanted it sorted by the word wrap, for example. I can just type the word wrap in the adjacent sort field, click OK, and now the text wrap topic is sorted under the letter W. That's as far as we can go right now, but we're going to pick this up again in the next episode, which I promise will be available sooner, and will be the end of this series. We're going to look at indexing shortcuts, generating, formatting, and updating indexes. 
In the meantime, please feel free to post your comments or questions about this or any other episode on the blog at InDesignSecrets.com slash TheInDesigner. And check out all of the other great content on InDesignSecrets.com. It's the independent resource for all things InDesign. You can also email me at info at TheInDesigner.com or look for me on AIM or iChat as TheInDesigner. Until next time, this is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Videocast and InDesignSecrets.com. Thanks for watching.